I want to share with you today some beautiful scriptures that have just been ministering to my own heart recently. If you've got your Bibles, I want to turn to Psalm 40. Hallelujah. Psalm 40 verse 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Isn't that amazing? The thoughts of God to us are more than we could even number. There's not a number that, that exists that could calculate how often God is thinking about us. His thoughts toward us too are for good and not for evil. Plans to prosper us. If he's having more thoughts than there is a number to, to, to give to it about you and his plans about you are to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He hasn't just had one thought about it. He is consistently thinking about this glorious truth that, oh, I've got such great plans for them. I want to see increase. I want to see them influence the world for the kingdom. I want to see my glory manifested through them. God is consistently thinking about it. And we need to agree with what he's thinking. We need to come into agreement because we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And we need to start recognizing that God's calling us up out of a place of dust and ashes and misery and survival into a place of really beginning to dream God's dreams, to come into agreement with his thoughts. If God's thoughts towards you are, are so numerous and his thoughts are for your prosperity, for your blessing, for your increase, for your favor, if he is planning to do great works through you, greater works than these shall they do. The Father says, hallelujah. He's thinking about this consistently. We need to start to let our hearts begin to come into agreement with what he's saying to us, what he's thinking about us, because these thoughts are waiting for our agreement. Whenever two on earth agree about anything, but the Lord is looking for us to come into agreement with him. He's looking for us to say, yes, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. He's looking for us to believe what he is saying and feeling and thinking about us. But uh, it says here in verse 4, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. You know, it can be so easy when we come to approach God to buy into the lie that God is just like us. That he is somehow uh, weak in his nature. You might say, well, I don't think God's weak. But often subconsciously, when we are approaching God, we can think, well, maybe God won't be very happy with me today. I can't imagine that he'd really be excited to see me considering how I've been behaving this week. We often look at God and have this concept that, uh, how are we doing? Are we okay? And it's based on how we feel. I, I used to have this view of God all the time. I was a, uh, 
worship leader. I, I helped look after the choir. And sometimes backstage, there'd be, I'd have to tell somebody, I'm sorry, you can't sing because you can't wear that on the platform, you know, or something hard that I hate doing. I don't like confrontation. And then, and then I'd feel like, oh, I didn't hand that, handle that very well and have to step out onto the platform and think, oh, now I've got to lead people into the presence of God. And like, oh, I feel like, I don't know if I did that okay. I've got all these emotions about what I just did. And oh God, I'm sorry. Did I speak too harshly? I don't know. Oh God. And it would take me about three songs before I was able to even start to connect with God because my emotions were going crazy. And so often... We have this idea with God that if our emotions aren't all lining up and we're, we're, in, we're okay, that we really can't connect with God. We can't enter into an encounter with him where we look at him with unveiled face. We feel often, even when we've confessed our sin, we can often start keep feeling the hangover of the guilt or the fear or the condemnation and, and believe that God is, is obviously offended and, you know, we got to try and warm up again in our relationship before he'd give me the favor of his face. But what changed my life was when I began to discover that God is truly always happy to see me. That every time I approach him, doesn't matter what I've done or how I'm feeling. If I come and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. He's like, done, finished. Here, I'm so happy to see you. I love you. Let's have some wonderful time together. And yet my emotions are still catching up. Like, oh, yeah, oh. has anybody ever felt like that? God is looking to help us in this very situation because if we let our emotions rob us of the opportunity to come boldly before the throne of grace, then we will consistently be offered opportunities by the enemy to be thrown into turmoil and miss the divine appointments that God has for us. So imagine God's got great appointments, divine appointments for you tomorrow as you walk into your workplace or into the shopping center. But you go in and you've thought you've just had some words with your spouse or, you know, you feel like you haven't prayed very much. And the enemy's there saying, oh, well, you know, you're a bit of a hypocrite. You know, you're not very spiritual. You're not doing very well today. Oh, look, that person could have used prayer, but oh, pity you're not in a good place to do that today. And your emotions go, oh, if only I had fasted and prayed a bit more. If only I'd gotten up an hour earlier, then I would be in a good place. Can I be real with you? That's the way the enemy works. And it is a lie. We aren't in good right standing with God because of how much prayer you've put in that morning. You are in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The just shall live by faith, not by their emotions. Hallelujah. So you are blessed when you don't walk according to the lies that the enemy is always trying to feed you. He, when you are blessed, when you trust God, trusting God means that you trust his character. 
His character is such that every time I approach him, he is so secure. He is so secure and so safe. He's not there going, you just have to give me a little bit. Give me a, give me a bit of time. I need to recover. You know, I was really hurt by what you did. And yes, God, God has emotions. We are created in the image of God. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't go and sulk. When you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness done. But if you pretend that somehow you have to do something more than just believe in his mercy then you are starting to enter into a pride that will only cause you more grief and more fear and more insecurity because it will not lead you to peace and acceptance. The only way to walk in the joy of the Lord, in the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, is to trust in his goodness, to trust in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. He says, Blessed is the man who doesn't turn aside to lies, who believes consistently that what God says about his sacrifice, the sacrifice of his son, what God has told us in his word about the joy of salvation, the blessing of salvation is true. When we believe these things above what our emotions might try to tell us, then we are spiritual people. We are walking by the spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible um, is full of glorious opportunities for us to see and relate to normal life with God. I love the Psalms. The Psalms are so beautiful. You can hear the psalmists agonizing with God and telling God what's going on. And and he likes that. He loves for us to have real conversation with him where we talk to God. And I, I don't pretend that things aren't okay. If I've got things that are worrying me, if there's a situation that I need help with, I don't want to pretend and try and just, you know, make it all go away. The Bible says, don't be anxious for anything in Philippians 4, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. We do need to process with God. We do need to talk to him about stuff. If you have a relationship with your spouse where you never actually talk about the things that need to be talked about and you're always just surface level saying everything's fine, everything's fine, then you don't actually, you, you don't actually have a healthy relationship. It's good for you to come to God and say, Lord, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. I'm worried about that. I'm concerned about this. I give you that. I'm asking for your help in this situation. And we see the psalmists do this all the time. But after we've made our request to God, he says, just give thanks. Start to sing, O barren, you who've not born. Get happy about the reality that you're going to see the goodness of the Lord manifest, that he is faithful and just, and that he has come to be the answer for us. Hallelujah. That he has heard us. We can, we can have confidence that he hears us because we have been saved by the blood of Jesus. We have been brought close through his sacrifice. Hallelujah. So I'm going to look at a psalm here today. Psalm 42. If you want to turn there. 
It starts off with that beautiful refrain that many of you would know the song, As the deer pants for water. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. It's scripture. It's this psalm here, Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so, my, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon and from the hill Mitzah. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. In the Passion Translation, that verse says, my deep, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. It's such an interesting psalm. You can see it. He's processing with God. He's saying, oh, this is really difficult. I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? God, do something. Why, God? Why, when, God? When, how, God? How? Why not now? He's looking for God to intervene. And then he goes, mm, he remembers. I'm going to remember now. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember when I had that encounter with God and in, in that place, on that mountain. I'm going to remember when I used to go and, and with all the congregation. I remember when we were back in Jerusalem, when we weren't exiles. I remember those encounters I had with God. Yes, yes, I remember and it's a good thing to remember those times that God has met you. The Bible talks about feeding on his faithfulness. It's good to remember the times where God has met you. It's good to write it down, to journal it, to talk to God and, and, and to make record of, yes, the Lord spoke to me in, in the scripture this morning. Yes, I had that prophetic word given to me. Yes, I remember when God did this. Because when you have other times that things seem to not be going all right, you pull that out and you go, okay, I'm not going to let myself spiral down into despair. I'm going to remember. I will remember. Mm, help me remember. Oh, yes. I remember when you healed that person. That was very awesome, God. Oh, I remember when that one got saved. I remember when you spoke to me in that service. I remember when you spoke to me through that dream. I remember when you spoke to me in your word. Hallelujah. And sometimes it can be difficult to remember. Remember the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they forgot how bad 
Egypt was because they became overwhelmed with their current circumstance and they forgot about the miracles, the parting of the Red Sea, the Passover. In difficult times, it can be easy to forget the good things. That's why it's important to keep a record, to write it down, to keep a book. Hallelujah. I love to go through my journals because I get so encouraged reading and remembering what the Lord said, what the Lord did. Hallelujah. So he goes back and forth and is, is struggling with his own emotions. But I love the way that he comes back and he starts to remind his soul, Hey soul, why are you downcast within me? Why are you disquieted? Hope in God. There's a, a beautiful psalm that I often quote, Psalm 131. And it says this, O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty. Neither do, I, neither do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child rests against his mother, my soul is like a weaned child within me. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. It's just a little psalm, but it's a powerful realization that we have power to calm and quiet our soul. We don't need to let our emotions run away with us. That Psalm 42, I think, is so reminiscent of that old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, where the writer could so easily have spiraled down into the pit of despair, but in the midst of his pain, he went, no, I'm not going to let it take me there. I'm going to remember the goodness of God, and I'm going to just begin to tell my soul, hey, soul, you're doing good. God loves you. He's with you. He's for you. Hallelujah. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. And the Lord wants us not to get so tangled up in the things that we don't understand. Why, God, why? When, God, when? How, God, how? When we're struggling to hear, we often struggle to hear. When we're fussing, it's, the Bible says here in this psalm that I've calmed and quieted my soul and like a weaned child is my soul within me. A weaned child is somebody that's not a child that's no longer looking, where, where am I going to get fed? I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. They're just happy, resting in their parents' arms. The Lord's looking for us to come into a place where we can just rest. And when you are in this situation where you just, I need a word from God, I need a word from God, I need a word from God. It's a good thing to ask him about the things that are going on, to say, Lord, I'm worried about this. Take care of that situation. But then let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. And we do that by calming and quieting our soul, by getting still. I've got time. Sometimes I'm preparing for a message. I haven't heard anything. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what, and I'm going to God, God, talk to me. What am I, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What do you want to help me? What are you going to say? And I'm not hearing anything because I'm so stressed about trying to get something to hear from God. And I've learned over the years, it's better for me just to go, you know what? I just need to lift my eyes to you and let you love me. Here I am to worship God. I just come to love you. I fix my eyes on you. 
and just let him come and undo the knots and minister to my heart and minister to my soul. And inevitably, in that place of just resting in him, letting him love me, where he just comes and <sighs> takes the burden, brings his peace, all of a sudden I can hear clearly. All of a sudden he'll drop some wonderful thought into my mind, a, a scripture or a verse, or he'll speak something to me because I've stopped looking for it and I'm suddenly in a place where I can start to hear again. Hallelujah. When we stop looking for the why, we find the who. We discover who he is. When we stop looking for something, we find someone. Hallelujah. And the Lord's looking for us just to know what it is to rest, to enjoy his presence, to spend time just letting him love you. More important than having an answer is having a relationship. And if you can remind yourself about that in the midst of that pressure time when I want to hear God, I want to know, when are you going to bring my breakthrough? When's something going to happen? In the middle of that, God cares about that situation. He wants you to talk to him about that. He does want you to give it to him. But once you've done it, he then wants you to discover who he is again. Because it's very difficult to trust somebody you don't know. And he wants to remind you what he's like. He wants to come and just heal you. He wants to give you a cuddle. He wants to calm you down. Because when you calm down, he wants to help you. And he, you can then start to hear his voice again. You come back to a place of strength. The Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. We get a fresh perspective. Hallelujah. I remember um, when I first started to minister, and I would travel with some other people that would have me get up and prophesy alongside them, like I do now with other um, young interns and others that I, I take with me. I'd be there in the service going, okay, I know I'm going to have to get up and prophesy soon. And so I'd be asking the Lord for words and I'd be getting prophetic word, prophetic word, prophetic word. And they'd start to line up like taxis in a taxi rank. I'd be like, I'd like get all this information and all these words. And then the time had come for me to get up and prophesy and I couldn't remember all the detail and I'd get a bit flustered because I, and then I'd get, sit down and go, ah, oh, I forgot this. Or I'd go home and I'd remember, ah, oh, I forgot to say that. I forgot to say this. And I'd do this every time I'd go out to minister until one day I'm in worship trying to get prophetic words for people. And the Lord just spoke to me. He said, could you just worship me? And I was like, yeah, but in a minute I got to, okay, okay, okay. Oh. Oh, that's so much better, God. Oh, yes, God. I remember. You are beautiful. Oh, God, I love you so much. And then I'd get up and he'd give me everything I need. And I began to discover that he gives grace for what he wants. If he asks you to do something, he'll give you the grace and everything you need to do it. You just need to stop fussing and start coming like a weaned child. 
and learning what it is to enjoy the hug of God. To enjoy the comfort of the Lord and rest on his lap and let him love you. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. As you look through the Psalms, you can see many of the lament Psalms and different Psalms where the psalmists are talking about the difficult things that go on. And God cares about those things. You know, it says in Psalm 38, in the Passion Translation, my, you know my deepest longings and my greatest desires. My tears are liquid words and you can read them all. And it's true. God doesn't want you pretending. I'm not suggesting that you never let your emotions have a place. What I'm saying is you need to bring it biblically to the Lord. You need to listen to what the Bible says and says, hey, if you're anxious, don't pretend you're not anxious, but bring me your anxiety. Just unload it like you're unloading an inbox. Just deal with it. I feel so much more at peace when I actually deal with the inbox rather than let the thousand emails pile up. I can pretend it's all okay, but then as I'm trying to go to sleep, I'm thinking about, oh, I should have answered that person three months ago. But if I actually deal with it, I bring it to the Lord, these issues that are in my heart, I bring it to him one by one until there's no more concerns weighing on my heart. Then I can come. Then I can speak to my soul and say, okay, I've talked to the Lord about this. Soul, just settle down now. Trust in God. Let's remember when he did something wonderful. Let's remember the last time he spoke to us. Let's look at his face. Let's lift our eyes to him. In his light, we see light. Why are you downcast? Don't be discouraged. He loves you. He's for you. The Bible tells me that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's me. So get excited. Things are going to work for good for you. I remind myself of the word of God. Calm and quiet my soul. Lift up my face and let him love me. It's that place. His perfect love casts out fear. Without looking at him, without coming into that place where it's like, Oh, here I am, daddy. I need you. I love you. Oh, you're wonderful. You're wonderful, God. I worship you. I, I, I look to you. You are amazing, God. The more I adore him, the more my heart opens wide to his love and the fear dissipates and his love comes and strengthens me. I become secure in his love instead of anxious and ruffled by fears. Hallelujah. And then I'm in a place where I can actually help other people. In aeroplanes, they tell you if a uh, mask drops from above, put it on your own face first and then help people beside you. And normally, instinctively as parents, you would think, well, that's not, I used to be offended by those videos. I'd be like, why would you put it on yourself first? You put it on your child first, goodness sake. But actually, if you're unconscious, you can't do anything. And there's a principle you can't be ministering and serving other people and loving other people if you don't first take time every day to drink from the oxygen of heaven 
let it refresh you. And then out of that place of strength and joy, you can go and minister to other people. Now, I'm not saying that you have to take three years or six months to get okay. Because you could have one bad day and you're back to square one. I'm saying that you need to develop a consistent lifestyle of learning how to let him love you. Of taking time day by day. You're 10 minutes in the morning, opening up the Bible, let him speak to you. Praying in the Holy Spirit, letting him pray through you for you, bringing him your requests, worshiping him, and then going out and, and having the day, not as somebody that's going to try and survive, but as somebody that's already shining with the radiance of God's love because you know that you're loved and you're accepted. Hallelujah. And it's so much easier then to love other people. He says, love one another as I have loved you. We've got to remember how he loves us. How does he love you? Let me count the ways. Actually, we can't count the ways because they are innumerable. His, his ways and the thoughts that he has about you are more than any lover has ever had about somebody. You might think, well, when someone's in love, their, their thoughts are just consistently, obsessively about the other person. They don't have anything on God. God's thoughts about you are so amazing and so innumerable. There is no way anybody could ever count them. He loves you with a never-ending love that is so glorious and so rich, you need supernatural help to be able to handle it. The moment you start to open up, the heart of God is to rush in, kiss you and love you, just like the prodigal son was loved by his father the moment he came home. That's the way God is with you. Every time you take one little step and go, here I am, God. And if you believe it, then you can start to live in the fruitfulness of being loved. Unless we believe, we can't have hope that we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27 says, I would have lost hope unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You must believe. You must take hold of the truth of God. Speak to your soul. Don't let your emotions run away with you and take you into a pit of despair and frustration where everything seems too difficult and too hard. That's what depression will do to you. It'll begin to take you to a place where everything's too hard. I can't do anything. And you'll begin to dream about going and trying to live somewhere as far away from where you live as possible. It's called escapism. But it doesn't fix you. But the Lord instead wants you to recognize that your emotions aren't the boss of you. God is our Lord. And you need to speak to your soul. Hey, soul, uh -uh. you're not going to run away with me. I'm not going to buy into the lie that I'm disqualified or because I'm still feeling the hangover of guilt that I, for a sin that I've repented of. 
I'm not going to buy into the lie of condemnation that says somehow I'm now disqualified. I'm going to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm going to be the righteous who lives by faith. No matter how uncomfortable it is to my own uh, pride, I thank you, God, that I humble myself and I receive grace that I have no way of earning. I receive it by faith today. I reckon myself dead and alive to God in Christ. It's no longer Catherine who lives but Christ who lives in Catherine there is no accusation against him there is no lack of power in him there is no lack of revelation there is no lack of wisdom there is no lack of any form of godliness and righteousness because as he is so am I in this world hallelujah that's going to do your soul a whole lot better than ringing up your friend and saying oh Oh, it's bad. (laughs) We need to not let ourselves become the victims that the enemy has designed for us to be. He's got bags he's wanting to put you in and sew up. But we need to say, no, I am not going to be contained by how I feel. Soul, hey, soul, stop it. Let me remind you of the goodness of God. Let's come and have a a rest in his arms and let him love us. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you for your word. You are so good. You are so kind. Father, we thank you for your loyal love. We thank you for your great grace. We thank you for your mercy. How wonderful you are. Lord, we bless you. We bless you. Before we go any further today, though, I want to give you an opportunity to come into relationship with God. A lot of people know about God. They even acknowledge, yes, he exists. But God, who created you in his image, wants you to know that you have the capacity to choose to have relationship with him or to choose to be separated from him. And with that choice, we need to decide, am I going to respond to the mercy of Christ to surrender my life and receive and exchange the life of Jesus? Am I going to give over my sin and my guilt and my shame and receive power to be different, to receive the righteousness, the cleansing of the blood of Jesus? The Bible talks about being born again. Unless a man be born again, Jesus says he cannot enter the kingdom of God. To be born again is not a a thought that you believe that in the existence of God. The devil believes in the existence of God and he is not born again. God is looking for us to not only acknowledge his existence, but to respond to his mercy in humility that says, I need your salvation. I want you to be my savior. I need you to rescue me from me. Come and make me new on the inside. I want to surrender my life to you and I want to become a new creation in Christ. We do that by by saying, yes, Lord, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, that he's the savior and you will be saved. If you confess me before men, he says, I will confess you before my father who's in heaven. If you're here today and you know in your heart you need to respond to the mercy of God 
And you want to you want today to be the day that everything changes, that you become a new creation. I want to pray for you because today the Holy Spirit is here to set you free from guilt and shame and to give you power to be transformed, to be brought into that place of divine acceptance, of relationship with him. He has done everything that needs to be done and now he's waiting for you to respond and say, yes, Lord, I want to be born again. I want to come into relationship with you. If that's you, could you wave your hand? I would love to pray for you. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Is anybody else that says, yes, that's me? That's so beautiful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Just let me see your hand today. That is, that is such a powerful statement that you make when you do this. Is there anybody else that says, that's me? I want to be born again today. I want today to be the day that everything changes. Is there anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord. Father, we say thank you for your mercy. Is there anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I'm just going to ask those two, if you, if you would come. And I want to pray for you right now before we pray for anybody else. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Come on. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Well done, sweetheart. Well done, honey. God bless you, sir. Once you reach your hands out, this is Jim and Catherine. Father, I thank you for these ones. I thank you, Lord, for their courage and their desire. Lord, for all of you. Would you pray this after me just out loud? Father God. I believe you've sent your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I declare Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me for all of my sin. Everything I've ever done. I give it to you in faith, believing that you forgive me. I receive your life, your righteousness, your spirit. And I declare that right now you come into my life and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.